0: Hello and welcome back to KHN's What the Health. I'm your host, Julie Robner, Chief Washington Correspondent for Kaiser Health News. I am joined by some of the best and smartest health reporters in Washington. We're here to bring you the latest in news about health policy from the White House, Capitol Hill, federal agencies and the states. We are taping a brief special edition this week at 11 a.m. Monday, December 17th. We'll have our regular show up Thursday afternoon. As always, news happens fast and things might have changed by the time you hear this. So here we go. Today we are joined by Joanne Cannon of Politico. Hi, everybody. Stephanie Armour, The Wall Street Journal. Good morning. And Paige Winfield Cunningham of The Washington Post. Happy holidays. Welcome back from maternity leave. Thank you. So, ladies, as you might expect, we are gathered here to talk about Friday night's ruling out of Texas that the Affordable Care Act, now lacking a tax penalty to enforce its individual mandate, is suddenly unconstitutional in its entirety. This is where I get to be smug, of course, and point out that the decision was not a surprise to us or to our regular listeners since we've been talking about this case since last March. And again, when it was argued in September, we noted that the judge seemed pretty sympathetic to the Republican attorney's general arguments. Still, I admit to being at least a little bit taken aback that Judge O'Connor ruled the entire law unconstitutional, not just the pre-existing condition parts. Um, Stephanie, why don't you summarize briefly what it is the judge said?
1: Well, the judge basically said that without the penalty for having insurance, which Republicans repealed in two thousand uh, uh, last year, um, like basi- a year ago this Yeah, week. I'm yeah, I'm suddenly blanking when problem. it actually happened. But he said that without that penalty, the entirety of the Affordable Care Act, uh, Care Act is unconstitutional. And he, what this is is it's, a, it's it's like a declaration, but basically leaves it up to the states. Do they want to enforce it? Do they not want to enforce it? Um goes into effect January 1st. Um, and it was written uh, really in such a— You're talking a, about the mandate, not he, the, not the uh,
0: legal ruling. The
1: The— it being unconstitutional, uh, starting January 1st, states could decide not to enforce the law. They could they could take that approach. Some Republican states could. I don't think they will, but they could. Um, and he wrote it in such a way that it is um, – it, it's not an injunction. So the California attorney general's office, which is leading the Democratic states, can't appeal uh, – just can't directly appeal. they are going to be, have to be some procedural steps. They spent the weekend in basically – Round the clock, looking at what they can do procedurally, um, and that could potentially delay uh, things, leaving that window open in January for states to do some stuff. Um, but of course, it's thrown; it's been sent shockwaves through. Through Washington, through the industry, even though this was largely expected it's got um, you know Republicans who want to see repeal on the board on board back bringing that up it's got Democrats who are trying to see what they could do um, legislatively, which really isn't much frankly um, this will be played out in the courts well they but, were
0: I mean we've been talking for for weeks about how once Democrats take the house back they want to they wanted to enter the case they want to vote to to enter the case right. and Joanne will you explain why the the Trump administration is not defending this case since that's who the Republican Attorneys General
2: sued. Well, I would like to start by pointing out that regular listeners to this podcast may have noticed that we have not used our, you know, sort of keyword, our favorite podcast word. But today, it's time to say this is peak crazy pants.
1: <laughs>
2: the this, was a, this law has been upheld by the Supreme Court twice, and plus some bits and pieces. Um, the Republican attorney generals sued HHS, saying they wanted to get rid of the law. And instead of defending the federal law, the Department of Justice joined the Republican attorney generals in part of it. They wanted certain sections, of pre-existing conditions, and some related sections affecting they patient protections. The, the things Potato that were one, not the things that were tied close, specifically right to the tied mandate. specifically to the mandate right. should fall, should but not fall, the whole not, law. I mean, this even takes out like you know calorie counts on restaurant menus and sort of some technical. Bundling payment things that and the stabilization stabilization of the taxes. Indian Every, health service. Yeah, yeah everything. Yeah, everything. I mean, everything. Um, things things that people do, take for granted now and don't even realize they're from Obamacare. It affects not just the exchanges and Medicaid. exchange It affects all of our health care, Everybody. So, um, so you have this, you know, sort of, but it's sort of. You know, careful what you wish for because there's no, we, we know that we could, we know that the public did not want Obamacare repealed without a replacement. And we know that the Republicans couldn't agree on a replacement that was politically palatable. If this thing just gets pulled out, it is people lose insurance, people lose subsidies, people lose benefits doctors, hospitals, total chaos. The administration does not want to pull this, you know, 20% of the economy, 17.9% of the economy rug out from under the healthcare system because of a district court in Texas. Nor do they want, you know, this is this wacko situation where the Trump administration is now opposed to the court that got rid of the law, it hates it, the Justice Department hates it, and went to court to attack. So, and yet, like I said, it's crazy good. pants, yeah. but it's going to only get crazier. This is I don't know what's going to happen today or tomorrow. I mean, we don't know what the states are going to do. We don't know what the Justice Department is going to do. We don't know what Congress is going to do. All we know is that everybody is sending us a lot of press releases.
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, and, and, and we so, don't
1: know what the Fifth Circuit will do, and we don't know what the Supreme Court will do. I mean, it's, this is a big... And we don't know how well, they're going to challenge it either. Um, right now because there's some procedural stuff. And, right. Yeah. right, and
0: apparently the judge put something out last night. Um, yeah,
1: that's kind of a pretty standard scheduling thing, but he does want everybody to confer by the court by December night, 21st.
3: Well, he did
2: it on the t- Friday night, yeah. so you know, yeah, how, yeah, Friday many, night how much the... of
3: Washington was it a Christmas party? I was. <laughs> yeah, I was.
1: I was, yes. Here's yes. to me like
3: the weirdest thing I think about the judge's ruling is, I mean, we have two issues here, right? We have the issue of whether the mandate is constitutional, and then we have the question of whether the rest of the law can stand without the the mandate and we so, should point
0: out that the mandate still exists in law correct. they just zeroed the they put the penalty to zero and this is important in this decision right because and the, the reason for that is that they did the tax bill under these reconciliation instructions that we talked about at length last year where you can only do things that are related to money if you want to pass a bill with only 50 votes um, so they could take out the money part but they couldn't take out the mandate part and that's apparently so the what mand- the judge right, right. zeroed so in
3: on. I think a lot of legal scholars would agree that it's at least reasonable to say that you can't call the mandate constitutional without the accompanying penalty because it was called constitutional under the government's power to tax. So so that's fine that's fine. So so that's gone. However, the 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 big question then is can you also continue requiring insurers to cover people with pre-existing conditions without requiring the healthy people to pay into the system? And what's interesting about what the judge said is he said No, you actually can't do that, and it's because when Congress passed this law, it said that these two things have to be connected. But Congress has since expressed a different intent, which is that, yes, you can get rid of this penalty. Because that's okay, what we did. <laughs> yeah, and that's exactly what they did and leave the rest of the law in place. However, the judge, if you read his opinion, he he basically says, oh, well, Congress actually intended to get rid of the whole law. It just didn't have the votes for it.
2: I mean, Congress, Republicans in <laughs> Congress wanted to, but they didn't. So, And
3: because Republicans don't make they up couldn't. all of Congress. Right. Democrats right. also right. make up I mean, part we, of Congress. And then most
2: of his ruling was about what Congress wanted in twenty. 10 but that's irrelevant because this is about what happened in 2017 and 2018. So like I said, it's, you know, you see, this crazy I get to say crazy as much as I want today. Well, you're <laughs> being
3: criticized by some conservatives too. I right. Jonathan, Jonathan Adler, Adler yeah. notably said this just like doesn't stand up. The Wall Street Journal. The Wall Street Journal editorial, editorial, page, editorial page this morning
2: has a, a very scathing. It's so the I want to on add another irony
0: to this. Um, this is the ultimate dog who caught the car. I was one of like three reporters who was at the original press conference for this lawsuit last year. I think it was in February at the Heritage Foundation. I think and Jen I was, was there, right? yes Jen was there Jen Hammerkorn was we, there
3: the rest of us were ignoring it back then <laughs> Oh, no, I, I, I,
0: yeah. I worry about I worry about these okay. things anyway I was talking to we will just call him someone close to the case who said that the reason they did it was because they were afraid that the base was going to be demoralized the voting base um, because Congress hadn't repealed the law and they were basically doing it as messaging for the 2018 elections <laughs> so there's the yeah, irony be in the
1: 2020 presidential election yeah I mean, I don't the I don't think this was what just they like intended. Enormous. It's yeah, going to change. It's just going to change Washington. This, really, this fight about oh yeah. Do changes. we really
3: think the Supreme Court, though? I mean, would really strike the. ACA. It's going to take a year or two to this? get That's there. That's the
1: problem. It's the uncertainty, and, and and the Supreme Court could be different by the time it gets there.
0: Yeah, I mean, John Roberts might not be enough if one of the liberals
2: goes. Yeah, that's right, point. I and, mean, it could, it's. I mean, could it go lickety split? Yes, but the lawyers I talked to thought it was twenty twenty by the yeah. time, so it'd, yeah. it'd come out like you know four months before the presidential elections, which is what happened in twenty twelve. Um, you know, we but it could go faster. I mean, it could go faster. So or no, it could meter, not reach if the if the fifth first. circuit if the if the fifth circuit disagrees um, with the lower court and stops it, then it probably wouldn't get to the Supreme Court. They're not going to want to take that. But, you know, people who are saying that this is too radical, even for the Fifth Circuit, I don't think we know that. Right, because people right. who are saying it's too radical for the Fifth Circuit were the same people who said they're not going to, the lower court isn't going to do something this extreme. And we all thought there'd be a partial repeal. We were not expecting every single semicolon of this Oh, law. I don't know about that. I kind of thought, I mean, yeah. My, but it, yeah I pre-wrote yeah. this story in but
0: October we, and that's we, what I wrote. We the we same, wrote it, but same. A lot,
2: but a lot a lot of the lawyers did not, and, and they're the ones now making prognostication. But the six, we just don't
3: know. We don't know. Yeah, the or Fifth the, Circuit is a very conservative. it five place. Trump That's what appointees. I was say. Five it's, brand yeah. new
2: Trump appointees. It's and a remember very back to
3: twenty fifteen, how nobody thought the the King case on the subsidies <laughs> exactly. going to the marketplace. And none was. of us, <laughs> had, none of us,
2: all the millions of pre written versions we had back in twenty twelve, we all had dozens and dozens of scenarios. Not one of us had that optional Medicaid thing. You know that came out of nowhere. So we don't, we don't, we certainly don't know today. Maybe we'll have more clarity. By June of 2020. Yeah, but I don't know what the next step is. We've
0: all been burned by trying to predict what's going to happen with these court cases. Although yeah, I, mean, I did. Really... I was right about there was one back, and in, in when it first passed, there were a whole line of court cases that said this bill unconstitutionally started in the Senate. And I'm like, it oh, yeah, didn't, that one and that's right. how they do it. They take a, a unrelated house bill, they strip out everything in it, and they put their bill
2: in it. And they've been doing it for fifty years. But you know, when I was out in California a few uh, in October, you know, I met with a number of reporters. We met with um, um, the, the attorney general there, Javier Becerra, who's one of the, the probably the lead lead. Law, state lawyer fighting this and we had and, a one podcast right and he um you know he pointed out you know if congress just sort of made the mandate once penalty one cent or one dollar that would be you know make it moot however i don't think the senate is going to make a one cent penalty would... yeah
1: I... <laughs> democrats could also push something that just says that it's not severable yes uh, and that would make the entire lawsuit mute moot, moot. Yes. yes yes so i but again i think this is really a a difficult kind of quote unquote hot potato for Congress now.
2: Once again it's full employment for healthcare lawyers and full employment for healthcare journalists.
1: <laughs> and Andrew- and busy weekends,
0: <laughs> yeah, very. And one, just before we go, one more thing: we should, we should, I think, explain again. Joanne, you did a pretty good job of this. What this would mean? Everybody assumes because the congressional talking it's way are, bigger than right, it's way yeah, bigger it's than. Huge. I
2: mean, we're we're taught the biggest immediate focus. If this law were to be pulled, the most immediate focus, the most visible focus, would be the roughly ten million people. We don't know exactly how many this year, but ten million ish in the exchanges and the people who are covered under Medicaid expansion. Which I think is 12 million newly eligible. So, that was, so I looked up, that was a 2017. So you're talking like more than 20 million people who would have kaboom, no more insurance, like the minute this stops. And not a, no way of getting great insurance. But in addition, there are all sorts of other things in the ACA that people have sort of forgotten about. If you're having, if you're getting well baby care, if you're getting preventive care and they're free, that's because of the ACA. If you don't have a lifetime cap or or an annual cap on your insurance, that's because of the ACA. Employer Some, health insurance. Employer health. Yeah, things that the, the man the employer mandate. There's there's.
1: The it's limits
0: a, on premium increases.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. There's just there's the ten percent. There's just there's just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of things in that So bill.
1: intertwined in our right. in
2: ways in our our which our doctors now. are getting paid, ways in which our hospitals are getting paid, which are not visible to a a, a patient necessarily, but the entire And the drug right.
1: the drug pricing well, right. politico like, had a good story on that. When right. you
3: compare now to like the case back in twenty twelve, it would have been like a big deal if the court had struck it down then, but not nearly what it is now with all of the provisions rolled out there and all of huge these people have the industry
2: that like a, a normal patient doesn't see that but hospitals and doctors and and nursing homes and every every part of the healthcare system has been changed by provisions in this law and they've invested heavily in in these things and it's you know how do you undo all that or how do you I mean it's it's CMMI, the innovation center, all these things that are happening in healthcare which in turn are then linked um, to that separate law, which is not part of the ACA but the the macro law the the the, the Medicare doctor payment law there's there's an interrelationship between a lot of the experimentation and payment, Uh, innovation going on, and and then how that will play out with this new law that shapes how doctors will be paid under Medicare. That's not part of the ACA, but they're codependent. So we could be here
1: for like a month talking about all the things in the ACA. I think an important thing to remember is that HHS has said at this point that they will enforce the law Trump, uh, President Donald Trump was tweeting this morning about, you know, kind of if the Supreme Court strikes us down, it's a great chance to work together. I think that remains a wild card. Like, what will, will the administration do in terms of enforcement and implementation? Yes, and we do not think, nobody around this table and no one listening to us thinks that President Trump
2: is consistent, right? That's not a biased <laughs> statement. He is not. So he tweeted on Friday, we're leaving this intact. Who knows what he's going to tweet, you know, tomorrow the, when we wake up at 5 o'clock in the well, morning. Well,
0: from everything I can tell there's a spirited debate going on with Within the administration, about how to address this, right?
2: Yes, and and where's their secret plan?
0: Yeah, yeah. Which they told they told reporters what was it a couple of weeks ago that they had they had a contingency plan for this uh this lawsuit decision, but we they won't show it to us, and they haven't yet. So, well, clearly we it's will have one
2: percent. It's the one penny mandate.
0: <laughs> we will have that. That may be it. We will have much of this to chew over in the weeks to come.
3: Chew, 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 chew. Yeah, crazy <laughs> pants. Crazy pants. But I, I think end it with crazy it's pants. It's more than just pants. It's crazy. All your clothes, right? Duane, I thought you were going to bring up uh, broccoli. Or, or no, I'm saving that. Okay. I just, well, I
2: like <laughs> broccoli. It's like, I just yeah, think like okra oh, is a much better analogy. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. Well, that is our special edition. We could go on, but we won't. Thank you for listening. We will be back Thursday with our year end episode. If you enjoyed the podcast, you could subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We'd also appreciate it if you left us a review on iTunes. That helps other people find us too. Also, as you as usual, you can email us your questions or comments. We're at whatthehealth, all one word, at kff.org. Or you can tweet me. I'm at jrovner.
1: I'm at Joanne Kennan. At Steph Armor one At PW
0: underscore Cunningham. We'll be back in your feed shortly. In the meantime, be healthy.